That was really, really cool. Well, the stage is lifted. Oh. Well, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for who you've been. Thank you for who you will continue to be in, in my life. Uh, it's, uh, you know, that whole bittersweet thing, whatever colloquial statement you're going to use, it's, it's, uh, it's a different thing to think that, you know, this is the last time that you'll publicly communicate with folk that you've done life with. Some of you are new to the church. Some of you have been here uh, throughout the entire 13 years that uh, my family and I have been privileged to serve here. And so when you you begin to think of all the memories, you begin to think of all the people, the deep life. You know, I am, I am just overwhelmed with, with gratitude. Um, each person brings to the church their levels of gifts, and my gifts have had a tendency to, to be creative side and, and relational and, and counseling and so forth. And so I've gotten over the 13 years to do all kinds of creative things, but I've also been able to do deep life. And we have cried together, we have laughed together, we have done so many things. And so today is uh, not going to be about me or us, but at the same time when I read the, the epistles, the Apostle Paul got personal. He even named names. I'm not naming names today, meaning he sometimes corrected in a letter and you're kind of like, ouch! But he did a whole lot of encouraging because he desired for the church to know that you know, transitions like this, life, what, what day don't we have some sort of transition, right? Either that we are struggling with, going into, or finishing finally, right? And so I'm just saying that the last 13 years, there is no way that amount of words or even my memory can, uh, can produce uh, what you all deserve uh, and what our Lord deserves. But today I'm going to do my best, close it out, in the way that I, only I can, and, and I hope that uh, through this, that we can walk away encouraged and walk the way in a way to, to challenge each other. And for me to challenge you and you to challenge me back, that uh, it's worth every, every ounce of what we put into it. And so I stand before you, not, uh, not a person that doesn't regret things or could have done things better, but man, all the things that we've been able to do have been phenomenal. And I could pinpoint accuracy with several faces and tell you exactly where, what you've meant to me and what we've done in ministry. But we'll reserve that for later. I'd like to draw our attention to the epistle to the church at Philippi, the book of Philippians. And so if you have it, we're going to be in all four chapters. I didn't say I'm preaching all four chapters, okay? So don't be scared. I am not going to try to break the, the, the record today, okay? And I also had this, you know, fantasy thought that this was, could be my shortest sermon. Not going to happen, okay? I'm just going to let you know. But I have certainly, um, certainly loved this. So, Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 3 to 6. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all you, I always... Pray with joy because of our, your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Only now, some months after 
making uh, a decision, do I see how God has been already working? Uh, it would almost sound trite to, you know, to say, oh, all of God's blessing. I cannot tell you I personally, on this side of the transition, have been overwhelmed by God's grace and what God is, is, is taking, what he's doing with our family, and I look forward to sharing that with you uh, in the future, probably via social media. Um, but it's the same for this transition. I literally thank God for each of you. I have prayed for each of you. If you're new, I probably haven't prayed for you, but I've prayed for you in general. But going over the name after name after name and sometimes having to stay seasons with your family, just being written on a paper and something that I've known. So I commit to you that I'm going to continue to be praying for you. You know, it's, we, we have done such great work to bring prayer as a, as a center to, to worship and a center to, to church life. But I, I commit. I covet your prayers, and I will continue to pray. Why? Because I'm so encouraged by you guys. I, you know, ministry is difficult. I'll tell you that. Ministry is, is, is exhausting, and I've even said to volunteers, you may have even heard, let's just exhaust ourselves because he will fill us back up. But ministry in its, in its, in its essence is, is really what keeps us going is that level of encouragement. We are all working very, very hard in our given ministries or our given callings. We may not work in a specific ministry within the church, but maybe we are more of outreach-oriented, or maybe we've yet to get our footing in the life of the church to really you know, maybe serve in, quote-unquote, a church capacity. But it is our overall calling as Christians to, to make a difference in this world and to use our gifts and to use our communication skills, no matter if we're introverted or extroverted. But I'm just encouraged. And through that encouragement, I was like, how in the world do you remember stuff, right? So I went back through my journals, and then I came to the conclusion that, uh, well, while I'm packing stuff up, might as well use uh, some illustrations. Um, so I um, decided to use this one. Um, there's, it just sort of evolved this way, Joel, right? That, well, at least for me, that our vacation Bible schools, right? They, they were always theme-oriented and a little wacky and crazy. Uh, but for me, it was always kind of revolving around a hat. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll use some of these hats. This was the first, the first hat, the first VBS. I was hiding under this stage down here, just waiting to pop out. Because Albuquerque Jones, you know Indiana Jones had a brother named Albuquerque, didn't you? And one of the things that this congregation has shined on is loving kids, loving teens. Sort of the, kind of the, the a thread that goes through. And so we put a lot of time in to our VBSs and, and our creativity. And so I saw that one. And um, let's see, oh, this one, this was... Uh, Watson for the Sherlock Holmes theme. Yeah, let's see here. Oh, yeah, we had the, the steampunk one. You remember that, right? And the time machine with real smoke. Do you remember that? If you don't remember that, you missed it. 
Sorry. Sorry you weren't at the church at that time. Let's see here. Oh, there was one year there was no hat. So I traded in a hat for Spock ears because we did sort of a, a Trekkie theme. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Oh, there was Surfer Sal and the beach theme. Yeah, yeah. And you know, a lot of our kids and a lot of you uh, can almost tell us by VBS when you started here, and that's, that's, a cool, that's a cool thing. Oh, the mayor from Movie Town, right? Yeah, that was fun. Oh, the, the mayor, he was trying to be an actor. He did a lot of stuff to try to get the attention of the movie producer. Uh, oh, gosh, there was the cowboy theme. And, uh, oh, yeah, this one here, too. I wasn't sure if this was going to fit in the box, but it did. The pirate, you know, like, oh, right? A little, little Johnny Depp and uh, uh, Austin Powers, I think, is what he said. <laughs> Groovy, baby. Right? Um, but not all the hats were just VBS. Um, this one will always remind me of the creativity that we had a couple of Christmases ago doing our own Dr. Seuss thing, the, the grouch, remember? And, uh, but this, this one will always remind me of what we've done as a church to really go from inner focus to outer focus. When I first got here, we had a makeshift pantry that was kind of closing up. And we had a beautiful lady named Sandy Sandian with Angel's Acts of Kindness, and we began to partner with her and, and to say that there's, there's really so much love we have, we've got a lot of love in our bandwidth. How do, we, how do we do this? And so we partnered with her, and we had Festival of Giving. You can remember bringing gifts and things up to the stage. And, and beyond anything that we've, we've done that's nostalgic, I think it's, it's more of trying to, to really change our hearts to make something permanent, not any one idea, but the emphasis that, that Jesus truly desires for us to, to be matched up with what he desires, Right? The disciples, it was a conversation, and, and Jesus said these penetrative words about, I never knew you. They're like, how in the world could we end up at the end of this thing and, and never, you would say to us that you, we, you, know, that you don't know us. And that's when he gave that, that beautiful teaching of, whenever I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. And so we began to, to fall back in love. Not that we weren't in love with it. I, I, I don't, anything that I say, don't go all or nothing with. It's, it's more of saying, once we fall back in love with Christ and we get him centered in our lives, then we fall back in love to the things that he's in love with. And he's absolutely in love with this city. And he desires for every church, no matter the flavor, to be about loving the city and, and bringing him to to those that need him. And sometimes they're, they're unlovely. Heck, sometimes we're unlovely. But this hat will always, always remind me of, of our outreach, that we got over ourselves, that we didn't get so insulated and isolated, that we began to look beyond our four walls and, and say, you know, there's, there's a world, there's a city to tap into. This next one I only got to wear two times, and I have to be honest, it wasn't really necessary. 
but I thought it was cool. We were, had this big construction thing out here, Joey, you know, so I'm like, I got to go get a hat, you know, just in case something would fall on my head. You see the childlike playfulness, and, but, but this will all re, always remind me of two things. We've done a lot of things in the building, right, you know, to make it prettier, make it, we used to say in the first year that I was here, we're just getting ready for company. Oh, we had some ugly carpet out there. It was pretty ugly. Instead of really putting new carpet, we just cut out and patched another piece of carpet there. And no offense, again, don't go all or nothing on me. I mean, it's just, and then we began to see differently, and we've, we've gone through this whole building and just tried to get ready and get ready for us, be proud of who we are. Sometimes churches and Jesus institutions can, can suffer from institutional self, you know, lack of self-esteem. And this will always remind me of what we, what we were able, able to do to the physical plant that allowed us to, to say, yeah, we're ready. We're ready for company. We got rid of the goat head, sand-infested, supposed playground, right? If you're so new here that you'll never know what that is, I don't want you to know what that was. Right? You have new members classes, and you're like, oh, this is a beautiful family. We hope they come to First Christian Church. But we can't show them the playground. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. We're still in debt. Keep giving, right? But I am so stinking proud of that. Now we can show families that we're serious about the kid business. See, that's what this silly hat. You know, I don't know if my kids are going to save these or Right now, I've just got them in my mind for future grandbabies. They'll probably like grandpa's hats. That was not an announcement, by the way. That was an <laughs> we just had a wedding. We <laughs> stop, please. Stop. Please. Please. Stop. I mean, have fun, but stop. Right. So, so yeah. State. I'm so encouraged, and I, uh, I will remember and I know that, just like anything, throughout the years, I'll remember more. Many of you will probably hear from me as I remember good things, because I still like the old-fashioned handwritten note, and a beautiful gift that you all gave me last week was a pretty nice pen, and so I plan to use it, and use it well. So, Paul says, in Philippians 2, therefore, if we have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, and if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one mind and one spirit. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the, of the others. Probably one of my greatest demises as a leader is that I have experienced a lot of grace. And so for whatever reason, I just give a lot of grace. It's been amazing. I've been called the grace guy. 
I've even been spanked for not firing somebody sooner. You know, I mean, it's just, I mean, what, what am I supposed to do with this life I've got, right? So thanks for putting up with me. But what I think Paul is telling us is to bring Jesus, to get over ourselves, to be able to, to say, you know, I'm doing this for the Lord and I'm not doing it for, for me. What I have loved over 13 years is I think we have, we have, we have changed a culture to where we want everybody to just be unified, giving everything you've got, everything you are, everything he's gifted, just pour yourself into what other part of life do we have? Let's do it together. Let's be about it. And it's so beautiful to watch you all work. It's joyful to make a kingdom impact in the smallest ways or in the largest ways, whatever it is, that, that we, would, we would grow up in him. My two nephews, you know, we're enjoying watching them grow up, and so my sister will post something, and I've got one standard line that I, that I every time they are student of the month or student of the year or you know, they hit the home run or they made the soccer goal or whatever. I say one line to them through my sister's Facebook and to them face to face. And really, it's one of those deals that, you know, you get to a certain age, you start thinking, well, you're not old, but you could die any time. You see, some of you are not at that point, right? But some of us, we get to that point, we're like, well, I guess we could go any time. And so I think selfishly, I, I hope that whenever my ending comes, that these two knuckleheads, these beautiful boys, are standing at a casket or at a memorial, and, and I think, I, I, I really hope they say this. Because I tell them, average, average is easy. Don't be average. Average is easy. Don't be average. I think what the Apostle Paul, in kind of understanding his temperament and, and knowing what he's wanting from us and for us and from himself, he, he, was, he was not like he was Mr. Perfect telling those that are not perfect. He was in it. And so I'll compliment what, what Paul is emphasizing in Philippians by just giving you one last exhortation from Tom. Because it's nothing that I don't ask for myself. And as, can we just, if you need it as an exhortation or encouragement, I'll let the Spirit decide that for you. But we just got to stop being average. We got to stop being average. Average is easy. When we look at the, the cost that it took the disciples early on, it, I think we, out of church history, we know 11 of them. The cost was huge. I think we only think that John is the one that died of an older age, but he was constantly persecuted. What I would just say is, brothers and sisters, I'm going to go on to my ministry, and I'm going to tell you what my ministry is here in a minute, because I've already got planned. The Lord's already called me, and I'm going to tell you. Before I get there, I'm not going to be average in that either. Oh, now, you could easily critique me because maybe my efforts were not always the, the best or what you would think or whatever, but that's called life. That's called improving. That's called him fashioning us. But friends, and I call you friends, let's stop being average. 
let's not make it as this guilt-ridden, but let's like make it grace-lifting. If we can begin to, or even continue to begin to see what God has blessed us through grace, then my goodness, let's give it all she's got, Captain. You know what I'm saying? I mean, let's give Christ everything. Let's give him everything. And never, never claim average. I don't want to be an average Christian. I might have been an average leader. I may have been an average speaker. I may have been average this, average that, right? That's, that's for God to decide. But what I, in my heart of hearts, is I'm not going to be average. I can't stand it. And when I live it, I can't stand me. God's going to continue to give me grace and he's going to continue to grow me just like he's going to do you. But let me just suggest that if you know there's something average, then let's be about growing. I can easily say to most of you in this room that if you've yet to have from your mouth to another person's ears the gospel message, it's time to stop being average or below. If you haven't ever done that or you don't know how to do it or you, there's a place in you that, that is below average and it's something that guilts you, right? Everything that you guilt yourself, I truly believe the Holy Spirit is desiring to say, let me grace you up here. Let me give you grace. Let's get about this. You see, what I'm going to do, just telling you, God's already called me to it. Next church I get comfortable in, I'm going to do parking. I kid you not. My friends are like, oh, you're going to teach? You're going to do this? I mean, oh, you'll be a blessing to a church, man. You can just walk in there. and No, 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 no. For a season. I hope they have vests, because I like costumes. <laughs> I may come up with my own parking hat, PD, I'm not sure, right? But I just want, and I hope they got one of those wand things, right? Because I'm like... And I'm not going to be your average parking guy, because I'm just going to help direct, right? And what I'm saying to you today is, with the greatest of my intentions, is by God go in this direction and quit being average. The Apostle Paul says in Philippians 3, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his deaths, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul's like, man, I cannot wait for the resurrection. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if in some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Paul's not giving up on that, is he? <laughs> you disagree with me? Disagree with God? God will clear it up on you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Some of us 
have really got to allow God to let the past be past and that we are pressing forward. He desires for us to not wallow. When we wallow, we're going to become average. I think he wants us to be crazy and not comfortable, right? Anything going for sure is always going to take a step of faith. When we came here 13 years ago, I was watching a TV preacher, and I'm like, no way am I getting this clear message from a TV preacher. But I was getting a clear message. And she said this, that Abraham was told to go, and then God would show. I'm like, huh, I don't want to go to Albuquerque. I'm giving you secret sauce here. That's the job. I was like, that makes so much sense. And so we went. And now he's calling us to a different thing. And I already see, it's just amazing. But if we don't ever let go of the past, we cannot even see what open doors he's, he's doing for us. And you can say that in your life, whether you're newly engaged, congratulations, right? Whether you're newly engaged, or you've been married for a thousand years, or you, you're in an industry that you're, you can't, you're, you're waiting, you're seven years out to be retired. Let me see, I've said it before, I'll say it one last time. If you're living for retirement in your working capacity to make a living for your family, would you start partying with Jesus and get involved in the church? Use your leadership gifts, use your teaching gifts. Can we just get over ourselves in the average place? Put that stuff behind you and engage. This lead, the church will never be about one single leader. Oh, we look to the leader for vision and so forth and keeping us and making us mad so that we have roasted preacher on Sunday and all of that, right? But how about we take responsibility of preaching in our own church? I'm the church, you're the church. And get out of this average place and looking what we got to put aside, we got to just look and then we move forward. Okay, started preaching there. This was not going to be too preachy today. I apologize. Sorry, not sorry. Philippians chapter 4. Paul says these beautiful words. And so I say them to you, stealing the Holy Spirit and Paul's words in this whole letter to you verbally. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God will transcend all understanding because he's guarding your hearts and your minds in Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is non-average. Oh, I added that. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then if there's anything that you learn from me, I'm talking Tom, not Paul. I'm truly humbled. But in the same way, if you've learned something from me, then I ask you to just keep, keep practicing it so that we can so when we get to that resurrected life, 
we can look at each other and be satisfied. Um, this is not a direct memory from the church, per se, but it's just closing with my, kind of my life's passion and mission. There are two books that have really made an impact on my life, and one is, of, of course, our Holy Scripture, but the other one is Cervantes' Don Quixote. If you don't know much about Don Quixote, I'll ask you to Google him later, because it's pretty... It's been a lifelong inspiring thing for me since adolescence. Because I think I relate to Don Quixote. He's humble. He has visions way beyond. Certainly doesn't know always how to get there. And when you really read him, you have to read him about three times to really understand that He's not as crazy as he seems because Cervantes did a great job of, of letting Don Quixote be a little less than average, a little more than crazy, but someone I identify with personally. You see, when you are high creative, high verbal, extrovert, you've always got to you're always tempering, right? You grow up, you're just, you're just constantly, okay, well, that, you know, that's it. And so you live your life like this. and Then you get to a place where you get in adulthood and you go, you know what, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to be crazy because that's what I am. And I all, know, I all know, most of you know I'm a clinician. I'm using crazy in a different context, okay? Because we don't say that in a counselor's office. But I really believe, and I'll close with this premise, is that I think, I think God, in comfortable Christianity of, of, Western, of the Western world, I think in all that we're doing is wonderful. And, and the gospel spread and people are coming to Christ. That's what it's all about. But just between you and me, most of you that I know, if we're sitting in a big living room, I, I think I would say to us, I think we got to start being a little bit more crazy than comfortable. I think we got to be so crazy to the world that they cannot really fathom why we love them, why we communicate with them, why we invite them, why we're not totally judging them first, why we are not behavior modification counselors first. We're just Christ followers first, who love first, who give of ourselves first. So that they don't see the trappings of the church, but they see Jesus in the church. That we throw away some of the norm and get a little radical, a little crazy. I mean, good Lord, you've dealt with me and Neuenschwander. What the world? You know? You can't get two half-baked, half-cocked, crazy guys that don't want to listen. You think you're, you're, you want to combat authority? We're the same way. We just had a leadership position. How scary is that? You know I'm teasing. But what Don Quixote has always done for me 
And then the Spirit of God took me over. Is that first initial thing, Lawrence, that I could dream impossible dreams? That to really stand out and not just be average, you got to be thinking, you got to be dreaming, you got to be doing something that's much bigger than yourself and that it's okay. Any of you have criticism of the service industry today? Non, you know, giving them permission to give you a refill after they get off their phone, right? When we clear all that clutter, I think what Don Cody does to me is, is to say to us that really all things are possible through Christ. And if we've got our our measurements right and we've got our our heart and our spirit right and we are rocking with Christ then there are impossible things that can happen and have already been happening and there's lots of impossible testimonies in this room and there's so many more impossible testimonies that are outside these doors that need to know that there are possibilities and that their dreams can come true and I'm not talking about the next pyramid market scheme or this financial thing i'm talking about their soul i'm talking about that they can really experience themselves for the very first time no matter what their age is because they come to the ageless one and they give their life over to him because he sacrificed his life now they can truly be forgiven and be guilt-free and grace-filled and at that point impossible dreams do come true and then when a bunch of impossible dreams come true and come and gather together as the church, holy cow, can you imagine if we would unleash the power of what the church could do and get out of all of what we get into and just let Christ be Christ and let Jesus be Jesus. And kids, dreaming impossible dreams. Whatever you can think or imagine, I'll stop the embarrassment moment here. <laughs> but truly, and I picked on you, but I'm picking on all the older kids. I don't care how old you are. I don't see retirement in Scripture. All I see is possibilities, possibilities. Truly closing with this, I'm nowhere close to the record, but I'm 10 over, so I apologize. Sorry, not sorry. By internet, I'm smiling on that point. That large book became a Broadway show called Man of La Mancha. And um, I wondered how I should start. Should I have like, and Jimmy wasn't going to be here, so I'm like, shoot, who... You know, what song do we, you know, do we start the service, start the, before the sermon with a song, you know? Now, this is aging myself, and the young people are going to go, I don't know what that was, but this is for a certain part of my crowd, right? I'm so glad we had this time together. <laughs> Just have a laugh or sing a song. The kids are looking at me because they don't know the story, right? I thought of another one, Bites the Dust. I thought of... Uh, uh, but I do know what I'm going to close with. Joe Darian wrote the lyrics to 
the ongoing theme of Mano La Mancha. And so I just want to share my heart with you. Gets me every time. Ever since I was in the basement bedroom at 16, this beautiful lady was a vision caster that she didn't even know. And her name was Nini. That's because my brother and sister couldn't call her Aline, so they called her Nini. And she turned a high schooler on to Broadway and drama and acting. So playing that recording of Mano La Mancha, I remember weeping in that room because it spoke to my soul. Still does. It may not yours, but that's okay. To dream the impossible dream, to fight the unbeatable foe, to bear with unbearable sorrow, to run where the brave dare not go, to write the unrightable wrong, to love pure and chaste from afar, to try when your arms are too weary to reach the unreachable star. This is my quest, to follow that star, no matter how hopeless, no matter how far, to fight for the right without question or pause, to be willing to march into hell for a heavenly cause. And I know, if only I'll be true to that glorious quest, that my heart will lie peaceful and calm when I'm laid to my rest. And the world will be better for this. That one man, scorned and covered with scars, still strove with his last ounce of courage to reach the unreachable star. I'm absolutely in love with you. Thank you. God, we love you. We are so humbled, at least I am, to have been given the privilege to serve here, to love here, to be stretched and grow here, to pour myself even into unhealthy exhaustion at times, that you help me find balance. That I never was short on grace, and I never was short on words, that's for sure. But together we've brought Jesus, and we will continue to bring Jesus. And so I, I pray that you would continue with all the, I cannot wait to see what happens in this church. I have such eager expectation to see where you're going to take them and where you're going to take me. And at the end of the day, when we're in that resurrected life, cannot wait to smile. Because my selfish prayer for all of us is that we hear from you, well done, good and faithful servant. And so if you don't mind, Lord, one last time, I'd like to pray the prayer over this beautiful family. May you bless them and keep them. 
May you make your face to shine upon them and be gracious unto them. May you lift up your countenance upon them and give them your peace. Amen.